righty then. Good evening, uh, America, and welcome aboard. Hey, they love me around here. I'm a swell guy. And now your host, John Bush. Welcome, 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 welcome. I'm your host, John Bush. Today, we're going to be joined by Antonio Beeler. Yes, that's right. The Antonio B. Fresh off yet another arrest, ladies and gentlemen. I think he gets arrested just so we have something to talk about. But he was arrested for sticker in downtown. This might be the silliest charge yet. And it's a Class B misdemeanor, so it's the biggest charge that he's facing since they dropped felony, thank God. And Beeler, we got a lot to talk about as usual. How you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for journeying on down here in your little police cruiser, scaring everybody. We had some. Uh, we've had m- multiple amount uh, bits of turmoil with the neighbors, and uh, a couple times they ask us, "Are you guys with the police? Are y'all working with the police?" And we never knew why they would say that, and we realized it's because once a week the police cruiser that Beeler drives in shows up here. So we told them, "No, no, no. We don't like the police. We don't like to call the police. We're anti-police." Well, we're anti-police brutality. Well, actually, let's go ahead and let it all out. Let's let the hat out of the bag. I would consider myself anti-municipal police because it's a monopoly on coercion. But nonetheless, we told them, no, we're, we're against that. We're, we're working for a community, but still pretty funny. So let's get right into it. Beeler, I'm sure we're going to talk about some other stuff, but now we got something to cover that's a little more uh, breaking, some breaking news. We broke it on the Liberty Beat the day after it happened. Uh, you were arrested again. Tell us about it. Yeah, this is another ridiculous arrest. Unfortunately, um, we had previously checked in with the you know the various laws to make sure that we weren't doing anything illegal when we did our activism. And the one thing that we do is we put up flyers and we put stickers up uh, on the back of stop signs. It's terrorism. Yeah. So uh, I was doing it. Um, I stopped by. There was a police abuse complaint department that our volunteers were holding outside the jail this Saturday. I stopped by just to say hi. I was actually very busy and. Uh, as I was leaving, I decided to slap a sticker on the back of a stop sign. A cop saw me, and he told me I couldn't do it. I said that I could do it. He said it's against the law. I said, really? What law is it against? And he's like, let me look it up. Oh 20 minutes later, um, <laughs> we're still waiting for him to figure out what the law is that that uh, we broke. And so I actually went and, and engaged him. I said, hey, have you figured out what law it is yet? He said it was criminal mischief. I argued with him because it wasn't. And then... Uh, when I said his name and badge number and, w- and was about to walk away, that's when he said, okay, sit down on the car. I said, am I, am I being detained? He said, yes. I said, what am I being detained for? And then he said, well, then you're under arrest. Great. So originally, what, did he detain you originally? Why were you hanging out for so long if he hadn't even detained you until after the law? You were just hanging out? Yeah. We were still doing the police abuse complaint department. There were people that went to share stories of police abuse. I honestly did not believe that there was any risk of me getting arrested, um, so there was no reason for me to leave. That's terrible. And, you know, to make matters worse, it started off as a Class C misdemeanor, no jail time, whatever, petty crap, we can handle that, but they upgraded it to a Class B. We're coming up on a break. We're going to chat a little bit more about what that means for Antonio and also the other charges he's facing. We're chatting about his most recent arrest. So it started off as a Class C misdemeanor. It's what they reported. It's what they said to everyone that was calling to the jails. Then they upgraded to a Class B misdemeanor. Beeler, tell uh, the listeners what the difference is between a Class C and a Class B here in Texas. Well, a Class C has a maximum penalty of a $500 fine, and a Class B misdemeanor carries a, the threat of jail time. So that's the huge one. And, uh, you know, the way that it works is I've seen just too many cases where people go into court, they're completely innocent, 
The cops are have no credibility. They've lied in their affidavits. The evidence does not support them. And the jury still finds the person guilty because there's just something about our society where, well, every society where they just respect authority too much. They give uh, credence to what authority figures say, and, and they just refuse to focus on what's ethical and right. And that's precisely why Peaceful Streets Project isn't focused on legislation or begging politicians or trying to get policy changes within the APD. We're focused on a culture change because we've seen it firsthand how the thin blue line operates. And more importantly, because the thin blue line would be irrelevant if the people didn't put up with the thin blue line, but everyone just sits back and worships authority and just thinks that because it came from a badge or some government official, then it must be right, which is the biggest problem for we anarchists who want to create a better, peaceful, more free society. It's that whenever the state acts, everyone just automatically assumes it's legitimate because they're the protectorate, they're the chosen ones. But it's not. So we found whenever I was arrested uh, in the Mistrick uh, case, Officer Jason Mistrick, a.k.a. Max Rock, badge number 4856, I mean, it was a clear-cut case. I complied with the guy. I didn't comply fast enough for the jury, and the jury was just a bunch of bootlickers. So there has to be a culture change, or the system that's in place now will only continue to crush us for peaceful activity. And, Beeler, how do you think that culture change is going? I mean, Peaceful Streets Project is known throughout the city of Austin, I think that there's probably more people, there's less people in the city of Austin that don't know who you are and don't know your story than there are who know your story. And a large majority, except for the cops and the cops' family, are in major support. Tell us a little bit about how things are going. Are we being successful? Tell us about the culture change that you've experienced here in Central Texas. I think we're definitely being successful. And the idea that we're going to change the culture of society um, in six months is just unrealistic. I think that this is a long fight, but we have made uh, serious progress. People do support us. People come up to us all the time. They tell us their own personal stories of abuse, and they sit there and they rant about how corrupt and thuggish the police are. And so hopefully that will soon spill over into jury pools. People will start questioning what the cops are saying, and people will start standing up for one another. That's great, and people are already doing it. I think one of the things that Peaceful Streets Project does that's so effective is simply documenting the abuse. People think that it's just, you know, drug users and young punks that are getting abused, and for the most part it is, you know, young folk and and low-income families and minorities. But every once in a while, somebody that is just like the person that is uh, obsessed with authority, they'll get abused too, and sometimes it resonates with people. They're like, oh, wait a second, that guy didn't do anything wrong. Why is he getting charged? That guy's just like me. Or, boy, that guy reminds me of my son. My son engages in those same activities. Oftentimes, of course, the mainstream media doesn't cover this stuff. So the work that the PSP is doing with the police, compu- police abuse complaint departments, just getting all this abuse out on video, I think is really doing a lot. So, Beeler, tell us, there was recently a uh, Google Hangout of, of, of activists across the country that are interested in getting involved with the PSP, and from what I understand, there's a, a whole slew of new cities that are getting that are wanting to get on board and start their own PSP chapter. Tell us about those cities. Tell us how the conference call went. What's going down with the expansion of the Peaceful Streets Project? Yeah, so a lot of people have been contacting us saying that they want to go ahead and launch a Peaceful Streets Project, and we've been kind of slow, actually, on, on our end of actually enabling that. And so... We just decided, okay, we're just going to do a Google Hangout to see how serious these people are. And yesterday, we had people uh, tune in from Honolulu, Hawaii, Houston, Pueblo, Colorado, 
Greenville, South Carolina, Chicago, Dallas, New Orleans, Sandusky, Ohio, and Fort Worth. And people who couldn't call in but who said that they're on board are Sacramento, Oklahoma City, Vero Beach, Florida, and Fargo, North Dakota. So we were actually surprised at how strong the turnout was. And uh, several of the cities have already committed, yes, we're going full speed ahead. And in fact, we're going to have a summer conference this year. Wow. So that's going to be a nationwide summer conference for all these chapters, or these people are going to have them in their own cities? Man, that's amazing. That is amazing. So in addition to the existing chapters that were already there, you have Peaceful Streets Austin, which is kind of the flagship, the founding chapter, quickly spread to Dallas, Houston, New York City, Sandusky, Ohio, and Manchester. So that's Austin, Dallas, Houston, NYC, Sandusky, and Manchester. That's six PSP chapters that are already in existence. And then how many more are talking about coming on board? Honolulu, Sacramento, Chicago, Greenville, New Orleans, Fargo, North Dakota, Pueblo, Colorado, and Vero Beach. So that's eight more plus, what did you say, five or seven earlier? six. Six? Okay, so that's 14. We can't even keep count. Wow. 14 Peaceful Streets Project chapters. Man, that's an idea whose time has come. So are all of these chapters going to be engaging in the uh, baseline Peaceful Streets activities, which is the uh, the police abuse complaint department, the regular cop watches, putting on a training, and putting on the Know Your Rights trainings. Are they going to be doing all that stuff? Yeah, exactly. And the way that's up is we're not um, a hierarchical organization, and the people in Austin aren't going to be dictating to people around the country what to do. We just have some very simple constraints and guidelines uh, every chapter must have an annual conference. They must do police abuse complaint departments, cop watch, know your rights training, and they must help victims find justice. Um, they can't be political. They can't uh, engage in any sort of violence or violent rhetoric, um, and they can't work with police. But other than that, you know, they're pretty much free to do whatever they want as long as they stay within the guidelines of that I just mentioned and the mission. Now, things are bad here in Austin, but relative to other police departments... I don't even like saying this type of thing, actually, because any police abuse is is horrendous and shouldn't be involved. But some places are worse than others. I'm not going to say some places are better than others. Some places are worse than others. And from what I see, we got four of the worst, most corrupt, violent, thuggish police departments in the country. Chicago, New Orleans, Houston, and New York City. So I think, you know, with a lot more filming going on with these Know Your Rights trainings and police abuse complaint departments, we're going to be making some major waves, the Peaceful Streets Project in these cities, because there's a lot of abuse to go around. We've been uh, documenting the Austin Police Department for like a year now, heavily, steadily, and there was documentation through other movements and stuff before that. But we really haven't found a whole lot of hard, hardcore abuse. There's maybe been about half a dozen examples of some pushing and hitting that is totally inappropriate. But I expect in these other cities, uh, they're not going to know what's hit them, what hit them, and they're just going—they're going to get all sorts of documented examples. What do you think? Which one of these are you most excited about? We're excited about all of them, but which one do you think will have the most action? Um, I'm actually kind of worried about New York City and Chicago, um, especially Chicago. I'm just worried about the volunteers, and I want to make sure that they're ve- being very safe about how they go about uh, watching the police. But when I found out that New Orleans was on board, that's what really got me excited. Uh, there, Louisiana is just the biggest police state in the country. New Orleans is extraordinarily corrupt. They still have a lot of fallout from the Katrina disaster, and uh, it'll be great to see people really rally there. Yeah, we had an experience with New Orleans Police Department. Uh, they pulled us over several years ago. We were visiting the Department of Homeland Security annual conference, 
And uh, it was one of the first times I got to see Catherine interact with a police officer. She refused to get out of the vehicle, and none of us showed our ID. Well, the driver showed their ID, which is me, but all the passengers refused. Thankfully, it was a good experience. The next day, it came out in the news that the officers that shot and killed the people during Katrina on the bridge were convicted. So we'll be right Rise, Rise Up Radio. You're listening to the Rise Up Radio Show. I think I'm going crazy. You're not going crazy, Arthur. You're going sane in a crazy world. And now your host, John Bush. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hold the applause. This is the Rise Up Radio Show, and today we're bringing you the Peaceful Streets podcast. We're joined by Antonio Beeler. So Beeler recently had the felony charges dropped, which I got to imagine was weighing on his mind and his, his heart the most because he was a minimum of two years, folks. Minimum of two years if he's found guilty. It's not this like, oh, let me get community service. Let me get probation. You know, show me mercy, judge and jury. No, it's minimum two years in jail. You're going to jail for two years. Actually, I think they still skirt that in certain ways. But nonetheless, thousands and thousands, his life would have been ruined. He would have been labeled a felon. No more gun rights. He's trying to get into all these colleges and stuff, too. They certainly wouldn't have a convicted felon coming to do all their stuff. Thankfully, that was dropped. But Beeler's got four Class C misdemeanors, which outside of the hassle of going to court, like, you know, flip them the bird. You want to go ahead, bring it. You know, find me guilty on all four. Go to hell. It's not going to be any sweat off my balls. <laughs> Pardon the, uh, the little uh, imagery there. Uh, and now there's another Class B misdemeanor, so that's four Class C's, one Class B, five Class C's from Gonzalez. There's four dealing with APD, one from Gonzalez PD when he went down there to support Nate Thomas and was arrested for mouthing off to the police officer, expressing his right to free speech. And now the sixth one for the for the stickers. Man, it's it's got to be taking its toll. Beeler, tell us, is this taking a toll on you? Um, are, are you feel, thinking that you might slow down on the front, on the being on the front lines, which is totally okay and understandable, and which I, something I would recommend? Uh, is this you know hurting your resolve? What is it? What's the morale with the Peaceful Streets project like? I know uh, some people were thinking about canceling a, a cop watch, but instead just decided to truck on full force. It seems to me like they keep trying to crush us, but it only blows up in their face every time. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm really blessed to be um, a part of the Peaceful Streets community and having a lot of people that will show me support so I think that the cops are used to bullying people and getting people to back down but because of all the support that we have it's it's a lot easier for us to stand up and keep going at them a lot of the members of the peaceful streets project came over because they were victims of police abuse and they have um, a grudge against the police they know that they could not get justice through the courts so they are trying to get justice for other people by trying to change culture. So um, I'm going to keep pushing forward. It is a burden. There's no question about it. Six separate court cases Man. and um, you know the potential uh, fees and, and costs associated with that does suck. But you know my goal is for my kids to live a freer life. So I'm cool with it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And uh, I appreciate you trucking forward there on the front line. Since ever since I had started having kiddos, I have taken a step back, and I'm still there in a support role and helping with marketing, promotion, and strategy. But I'm not going to be the one <laughs> telling the officer to go f himself. But I appreciate it that you are, and it's important for people to go hard in the paint right now. Um, and another thing is like, even though it's terrible and your life could be on the line. Uh, it's less likely because we have a community of strong people that are standing up and because we have cameras. 
But I mean, when it comes down to it, you got to put a price on your freedom. The price of liberty is eternal vigilance. And what it is that we're going through is nothing paled in comparison to what it is that we could be going through and what freedom fighters have gone through in the past and what freedom fighters are going through right now in other countries. They're freaking going to war right now. They have uh, militias that are coming to kill them. The the federal government, the central government, the dictators have goon squads that literally will pull you out of your house and murder you. And if you're a student of history, you'll see that the trajectory is heading towards that, not away from that here in the state. So I think it's absolutely important that if people are in the, the in the in a place to go hard in the paint and to go 110 percent and just to stand up to these bullies, it's absolutely crucial now. Because if not, we're just going to continue this this problem, this paradigm. And my daughter and my son are going to have to go through it. And when Beeler has kids, they're going to have to go through it. So I think it's important that, you know, it's okay to sacrifice a little bit of your well-being and standard of living right now. Because if we don't, it's just going to be total crap. And it could be an environment where you pull a camera out on a government official and they shoot you. What are your thoughts about that big picture stuff? Yeah, I agree 100%. And I do look at some of the historical challenges that people have faced here in the United States, such as the abolitionists um, dealing with slavery. And that was a fight that took, you know, centuries. And uh, lots of people got killed. A lot of uh, faceless heroes that we will never know about um, who died to try to make people more free. And so in the grand scheme of things, what we are doing is very low risk. I mean, it still carries risk, but it's very low risk relative to other fights. And, uh, you know, it's something that I think will drastically move us towards more freedom. And so given the low risk and given how much it can move us towards freedom, I think this is one of the best investments of my time in terms of activism that I could possibly make. Nice. Another thing, too, like people are like, oh, you're getting arrested. People are getting arrested. People are getting beat up. People are getting killed. You know, I don't want to pull a camera out. I just want to end this interaction. I want to avoid the police altogether. I don't want to go seek out the police and film them. I want to just, I want to be left alone. But the problem with that is, and and my thinking is, you might as well get involved and be an activist because these days, I mean, you do as little as toss a cigarette butt out the window and the police are going to pull you over and put their fingers in your vagina and your butt. Those people weren't activists, the two women that were pulled over by the DPS trooper, Kelly Hellison, who was later convicted, or at least they have charges being brought upon her. Was she convicted? Indicted. She's indicted, which is huge. Those people weren't activists. They weren't filming people. They weren't starting Peaceful Streets Project chapters. They were normal people. Or the 72-year-old grandma that got tased by a Travis County constable. She wasn't there to, to stick it to the man and send a message to the people and spread the message of freedom. She was just a normal freaking lady that didn't want to comply. And they tased her. People get killed. They break your door down on a, and they do a SWAT raid on the wrong house. So the point is, if you're trying to avoid conflict or trying to avoid unnecessary risk, you can't avoid it these days because the police state is so out of control, you have to act. And the beauty of the Peaceful Streets Project and what we have brewing now is that if it's just an individual, a lone wolf, so to speak, uh, and you're going out filming and they arrest you, like imagine Antonio Beeler, if he was arrested in the class, in the felony charge, he probably they probably would move forward with the felony charges were it not for the community, the outreach, and just the outcry that took place. So the important factor that we're bringing to the table now that's been lacking in other movements is the community and the persistence. So we just want people to know that you're not alone. If you stand up to the man, 
and the man ends up trying to crack you down, we'll be there for you. Your community will be there for you. The Peaceful Streets Project will be there for you. Beeler will be there for you. I'll be there for you. We'll do what we can. It may not be much, but we'll do what we can. And just know that there's a nation of people like you that are standing up. And there's a whole community, millions of people that got your back. And I think that's the big difference. It's empowering and it allows you to continue to fight on, even though it may not be the easiest thing. Beeler, what are your thoughts? How has it been uh, empowering? How has the community that stood up behind you been empowering? What are your thoughts on that? And what would you say to the person that's like, oh, well, I don't really want to get involved because I'm a little bit afraid? Yeah, well, I view the people in the Peaceful Streets Project to be much like family. I think that we really care about each other. You know, and this is a voluntary family. It's not something you're born into and that you have to be a member of. It's something that people choose to be a part of. And we really care about each other. We rally to each other's side. Uh, we're there when people get out of prison. Um, we uh, do robo, you know, we we uh, we do calls uh, to into the jail to support people, and so it's really reassuring because being in jail is a very lonely experience. Um, I really love it. I think that uh, you know, moving forward, um, you know, with a community that you build up within your city or state, and having those uh, relationships predefined, pre-established. And then when something bad happens, that's when it's really powerful. And people don't have to go out and risk their life or their liberty um, getting in the cop's face, filming them as they're, as they're roughing up a suspect. They can do stuff like the uh, protests. They can do stuff like police abuse complaint department. They can get working on the summer, uh, the summit, which I know you'll be doing a lot with uh, the one in Austin. And so there's ways that people can get involved without putting themselselves, um, you know, on the, you know, putting their lives at risk. That's right, and uh, it's okay to be afraid. It is very scary. These guys have guns, and many of them are criminals, and they are they seem like they don't even have morals. It's so weird. The police are just so such a weird class of people. Like, what other class of people goes around just beating people willy-nilly on the regular, you know? What's your interaction? I know there's been a couple interactions recently uh where the APDs actually seems to be pretty honorable and they've commended you and they've been friendly, right? Wasn't there a YouTube video recently of an officer that came up, shook your hand, and just talked very uh, frankly and very friendly with you? Is that tide starting to change a little bit or was that just a rare occasion? Well, it was a rare occasion for us in police department, but it was appreciated to see a cop not acting like a jerk, although the guy he was with was acting like a jerk. Um, but uh, we've seen more positive uh, reactions from the Travis County Sheriff's Department, and so they've really been respectful. And in fact, uh, this last time I got arrested, several of them basically called out the Austin Police Department, uh, telling, telling me that they were just outlined. All right, folks, we come up on the end of the show. It's going to be a difficult battle. We continue on. The price of liberty is eternal vigilance. This has been the Peaceful Streets Podcast. Antonio Beeler, John Bush. Check out PeacefulStreets.com. 